Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Tuesday, December 5th. Happy Krampusnacht, also known as Krampus Night, which is a German holiday that celebrates Krampus, who's this absolutely terrifying joker who hangs out with Santa Claus and is basically everything jolly old Saint Nick ain't. Krampus, which comes from the German word for claw, and who's sometimes called the holiday devil or the horned god of the witches, for Pete's sake, is this half-demon, half-goat, child-killer thing with fangs, horns, one human foot and one cloven hoof, cowbells on his waist, for some reason, a stick for whipping kids, and a sack for carrying them off. Google a picture. He's horrifying. I mean, I guess if you work for the federal government or the school board or Disney, hurting little kids is maybe right up your wheelhouse. But to me, this don't exactly scream holiday cheer. And you know how Santa's got a nice list and a naughty list, and the nice kids get presents? Well, that's cool and everything, but you better not ever cross Santa, cause he delegated his enemies list to that goat demon thing. And Nick's apparently got a real hands-off managerial style. Cause get this, every December 5th, Krampus comes for the naughty kids, and either beats them with a stick, drowns them, eats them, or just takes them straight to hell. And Germans celebrate this guy by dressing up like him and throwing a parade, during which they'll push, hit, and whip the spectators. Well, darn. Okay, so my question for Germany is, what is wrong with you people? Why would you tell little kids that? When I was little, my parents told me if I swallowed a piece of ice, it'd turn into glass in my stomach and cut my insides all up. And that messed me up till I was like six. I can't imagine what Krampus would have done to me. Today is also National Communicate With Your Kids Day. And if what you're communicating is Krampus, or that ice glass thing, you're doing it wrong. Our reading for today is Hosea 1, 1 through 3, 5, 1 John 5, 1 through 21, Psalm 124, 1 through 8, and Proverbs 29, 5 through 8. So if y'all are ready, course Germans are pretty industrious and disciplined, so maybe Krampus works out for them after all. Of course, they did give us two world wars in one century, so trade-off, I guess. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday, on the 4th, in the Old Testament, we read Daniel 11.36 through 12.13. We finished the book. And when we left off, Gabriel was giving Daniel a very detailed prophecy about what would happen with Persia and Greece, right down to who's going to tax the people more. And I wish we could spend weeks on this and review the book of Daniel the way it should be done, but we can't. And we had just been introduced to Antiochus Epiphanes, who was about as arrogant and prideful as a person can be. Verse 36 says, He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods. Basically, he'll speak blasphemies, which he did. But then Gabe points out that he shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. It's not like God didn't know this was going to happen. In fact, it sounds like it's all part of God's plan. And verse 37 says, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor regard any God. He's not impressed with the gods, Greek or otherwise. Then he says, Nor will he regard the desire of women. Which could mean he doesn't care what women think, but I doubt it. Or it means he doesn't like girls, or probably boys either. Because the next line is, for he shall magnify himself above all. 
he loves himself so much that liking any other human is like cheating. <laughs> so he sounds like a peach. <laughs> but in his estate shall he honor the god of forces, meaning Mars, the Roman god of war and dominion and power. In Hebrew, it's Mazim. And the next few verses describe how he goes to war with pretty much everybody and their brother. And then in chapter 12, it's the same prophecy, but we fast forward to the end times during the rule of the Antichrist. It's not obvious, but remember, number one, Antiochus Epiphanes is the Roman leader and represents the spirit behind the Roman Empire, which never really got conquered and replaced. It just kind of came apart. And B, he stood in the Jewish temple proclaiming himself to be God, which makes him a type of the Antichrist, because the Antichrist is going to do that too which indicates it's the same spirit behind both of them, which backs up that whole revised Roman Empire theory. But what gives it away is verse 1, which says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And that sounds to me like during the Great Tribulation, which is a time of trouble such as never was, or in the middle of it anyway, Michael is going to come rapture out everyone that shall be found written in the book. And there's plenty that disagree, but that's how I read it. And then in verse 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, because the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then the rest face judgment. But all life gets resurrected eventually. And verse 3 says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Mm. Sounds like glorified resurrection bodies to me. Mm. But in verse 4, Gabe tells Daniel to shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, when many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Which he's saying, nobody is going to really understand this prophecy until we start getting close to its fulfillment at which time people will run to and fro and diligently search into these prophecies and make use of all the means in their power to arrive at a true knowledge of them, and God will start to increase their knowledge. And a lot of people say run to and fro refers to like cars and air travel, and knowledge shall be increased is like the information age, but that really doesn't fit the context in my opinion. And in verse 5, two more angels show up, one on each side of the tigers, where Daniel's been standing this whole time. And verse 6 says, And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And that would be better translated, And he said. And there's other translations that have it, And I said, meaning Daniel. Which makes better sense, but it doesn't really change anything. Whoever it was asked the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, so obviously Jesus, When is all this going to go down? But Jesus don't want us to know the exact date. So all he'll give us is that three and a half years line. Either he means it starts three and a half years into the trib, or it lasts three and a half years once it starts. And verse 8, Daniel's like, no, seriously, I don't get it. When is this going to happen? But the Lord says, don't worry about it. Just go thy way. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. All you need to know is from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away by the Antichrist and the abomination that maketh desolate when he claims to be God in the temple is set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Three and a half years. Now that's all you get. Then he says, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. And if you'll notice, he's given three different time periods. 
1,260 days, 1,290 days, and 1,335 days. All are about three and a half years, give or take. Why? Don't know. I suspect these must be referring to specific events within the mid-trib time period, but I'm just guessing. Whatever, he says, blessed is he that's willing to wait and just let God do his thing and not get all bent out of shape about date setting. Mm. And I like the tender ending to the greatly beloved Daniel. The angel says, but for you, go your way to the end. Then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portions at the end of the age. He says, don't worry, Daniel, you'll be a part of it. Just chill. Yeah, you got your reward coming. Yeah. And then in the New Testament, we read 1 John 4, 1 through 21. And John is still warning us about the false prophets, like the Gnostics, and says, if you want to test the spirit people are speaking out of, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, already, is it in the world. In other words, that Jesus is God come in the flesh. That's what Christ means. It's his title, not his last name. And everybody comes in the flesh. That's not special in and of itself. What's special is God came in the flesh. But he says, don't worry too much about these false teacher types, because y'all who are in the Lord have already beat them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And remember that when things get tough. Then he says basically that them worldly types, all they know is the world. And the world is what's important to them. And they can't even understand you when you talk of God and kingdom principles and stuff. Like, for example, when one senator is arguing with another senator about some largely meaningless nonsense or other. And all I'm thinking is, yeah, y'all know that congressional sexual assault fund y'all got? Y'all are getting held accountable for that. Even y'all ones who never used it, y'all know it's there. Yet you ain't done nothing about it. And I could go on about that for a while, but I'm trying not to rant. (laughs) Then he quotes the lyrics of that choral hymn I like so much. Love one another for love is of God. And he who loves is born of God and knows God and so on. And he says, if God loved us so much that he let his son die for us, then maybe we ought to at least try to get along with each other a little bit and let people merge once in a while. And he reiterates, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And that's if you're scared or if you're making somebody else scared of you. It works both ways. So John starts out again about testing the spirit. He says, Test the spirit of men. And I see that there really are only two Of these spirits, that's going to be the Holy Spirit of Christ, the Messiah, and the unholy spirit of the Antichrist, the Destroyer. And we know we're in Christ because he gave us the anointing, the Holy Spirit of God, to help us. We love God because he loved us first. And that's how faith works, by love, his love for us. So now we are free to love our brother. And when we do love our brother, it proves we are in Christ. This is also a good test for our own spirit. How do we feel about our brothers? Many good Christian folks are quick to criticize brothers they don't understand. And this is a destructive practice. We're doing the devil's work when we criticize and accuse our brothers. If we sincerely love the brethren, we couldn't do that. If there was something wrong with them, we would pray. We would approach God, and if God leads, we would find a way to help them, not hurt them, 
and not make ourselves sound good at their expense. Steal, kill, and destroy is not what we do. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 123, verses 1 through 4. Just a little short psalm, and it's a song of degrees. And it says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. That's how we look at you, Lord, is the big idea. And right now, we're having some trouble with the contempt of the proud, but we know you'll have mercy on us. Yeah, and I see this. The servants having trouble with the scoffers that have an easy life, and they're struggling, and asking God for help to be gracious to them. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 29, verses 2 through 4. And verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. And he said something similar already. Well, that is a very, very important thing. It is very important that the righteous rule. I wonder what that's like. And then verse 3 says, Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father, but he that keepeth company with harlots spendeth his substance. Remember that Robert Palmer song from the 80s, Simply Irresistible, where he says, She's so fine, there's no telling where the money went? Same sentiment here. And then verse 4 says, The king by judgment establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. In other words, a just king makes for a strong country. But the magistrate or whoever that takes bribes ruins everything. Talking to y'all, everybody in government. (laughs) Yes, where the righteous rule there is stability. All the wicked can do is steal, kill, and destroy. And that little truth went a long way to clear up some politics for me. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 5th is Hosea 1, 1 through 3, 5. The Book of Hosea The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while, and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again, and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name Loruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Now when she had weaned Loruhamah, she conceived, and bare a son. Then said God, Call his name Loami, for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God. Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass, that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, There it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together, and appoint themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Chapter 2 Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruhamah, Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight, and her adulteries from between her breasts. 
lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms. For their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers, that give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns, and make a wall, that she shall not find her paths. And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then was it better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil, and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof, and my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, and her sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she hath said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me. And I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her the days of Balaam, wherein she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. And she went after her lovers and forgot me, saith the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, and bring her into the wilderness, and speak comfortably unto her, and I will give her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Achor for a door of hope, and she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi, and shalt call me no more Bailey, for I will take away the names of Balaam out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And in that day will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven, and with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth, and will make them to lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment, and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth, and the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel, and I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Chapter 3 Then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel who looked to other gods, and loved flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for fifteen pieces of silver, and for an omer of barley, and an half omer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man. So will I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, and without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim, Afterward shall the children of Israel return, and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Our reading in the New Testament for December 5th is 1 John 5, 1-21. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God 
when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Our reading in Psalms for December 5th is Psalm 124, 1-8. A Song of Degrees of David If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And our reading in Proverbs for December 5th is Proverbs 29, 5-8. A man that flattereth his neighbor spreadeth a net for his feet. In the transgression of an evil man there is a snare, but the righteous doth sing and rejoice. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. Scornful men bring a city into a snare, but wise men turn away wrath. And that will do it for the 5th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Matthew 5, 4, which says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on being careful not to mourn over the wrong thing, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, in this fallen world, there is much to mourn over. While we now must contend with hardship and death, you promise us a new heaven and new earth. 
the old world will burn away and even death will be defeated. This world would have us believe that blessed are the positive thinkers because they don't need anybody's comfort. That if we just embrace this world and all it offers, we could live our best life now. Thank you, Father, for your assurance that our best life is yet to come with you in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. But what gives it away... Whoa. What? That was weird. That's what I wanted to happen, but I didn't touch it. (laughs) It just did it for me. Do that again. (laughs) Did you do that with your mind? Okay.